Good afternoon, boxing fans around the world. Back again on Combat Talk Radio, found at combattalkradio.net with a our weekend of boxing updates here. Feel free to check us out. Once again, the site is combattalkradio.net. Leave us some comments, questions, suggestions, feedback on how we're doing, and we will get right into our weekend of boxing. It's a good thing that we have a only a few fights happening this weekend on boxing because I got an ear-splitting headache and I need to take something to deal with it and get back to what I'm doing. So just to refresh on where we were last, I want to talk about the one fight, the main fight, the big fight that I said you don't want to miss it, which was Martin versus Rivera. If you didn't get to see it, I'm going to summarize it for you. Rivera is a defensively good fighter. However, he was up against a offensively superior fighter, which is Martin. Frank Martin is a very good, solid, sound fighter. Now, this said, Martin was doing everything he could to get this guy out of there, and he said that he didn't go as hard as he could have, but I saw he was trying. He was hitting as hard as he could, and he was throwing as much as he could, and Rivera was making Martin miss quite a lot. So people gave him criticism because of the whole Ali and his haircut and the trunks. He wears Ali trunks. I think he's getting a bad rap, and it's not fair because he's a very, very good defensively sound fighter. But with Rivera, and if he ever listens to this, I don't think he does. But if he does, he needs a different trainer. That's the bottom line. I mean, he does. He needs a trainer that will teach him. It's not just about being defensive because in the whole fight, the story was he was doing everything he could not to get hit. I understand that, but if you go back to Ali Foreman, right? Yes, for the first 10-ish rounds or so, Ali was not really as active as he could have been. He was focused on making Foreman miss. The difference there is that Ali was throwing. It wasn't like he was just doing nothing but evading, right? Rivera, there was so there were stretches where he just was not throwing. Or if he threw, it was like a lunging punch. It was not nothing behind it. I think he just needs a different trainer. He needs somebody who can round him out because he he clearly has the defensive fundamentals. His bobbing and weaving and everything else is good. Upstairs, his footwork needs some work. Desperately needs work. He's not as limber, agile as he needed to be. Martin was pivoting him all night long. So I think somebody needs to help him round out his defense, train his lower half. <laughs> you got to move more than just your upper body because you're going to get hit. Nassim Hamid had to learn the same thing. Then somebody needs to teach him how to intermingle offensive brilliance with the defensive brilliance. And it may be that he was just worried about Martin's power because Martin, as I said, is a very strong fighter. I don't know. All I know is that it was a very not good showing for Rivera where he could have done more and we expected he did more. And he came out and said, you know, ultimately Martin got me and I, we have to go back to work. I don't like to lose and I don't want to feel comfortable losing. And I celebrated for that, but then he made an excuse about the weight cut. So ultimately, again, if Rivera's listening to this, I think you need a new trainer, brother. You need a different trainer, somebody who can teach you more fundamentals on the offense side and certainly more fundamentals on you know, varying up your defense, bottom and top, not just upper body defense. Because when you're against somebody like Martin, who's able to pivot you all night long, all the upper body defense in the world is not going to help you, bro. So I would strongly recommend you get a different trainer. I think you can be something really good, but you need somebody to bring that rest of that out. Ironically, Derek James, who trains Frank Martin, would be a really good trainer to bring that out of Rivera if he's open to it. I don't know if he is. With that, let's go ahead and get in our weekend of boxing. And like I said, this won't take that long. I'm showing one fight on the docket. Kazuta Ioka fighting Joshua Franco. It's a super flyweight action, 12 rounds. It's taking place in Tokyo, Japan at the Oda City General Gymnasium. This is happening to <coughs> next weekend, actually. So we're not getting anything 
this weekend. I cover this one because I'm pretty sure, yeah, that one's going to be the next Saturday. So it's all we got, believe it or not, that I see anyway. There could be other fights that I'm not seeing. Sometimes there are fights that are not televised. Sometimes there are fights you can't see. But right now, this is the only one I see readily available is Ioka versus Franco. And I, I think it's a good fight. I wish there was a little bit more, but I think it's a good fight. What it is, Ioka, of course, he's coming in. He has losses. Franco has losses. Franco has been a little bit on the slip, but not crazy. I'm a big Franco fan, by the way. I just think that he, for whatever reason, he doesn't go balls to the wall with what he's doing. He seems to slack a little bit from my eyes. Uh, Ioka, I, I'm aware of him. I've not seen him heavily fight. Ioka is, of course, the older fighter. I expect that Franco should look good here, but I just don't know. It's hard to tell. Now, this is for a vacant super flyweight championship for WBA. So that tells me whoever beats, whoever wins here, has an opportunity to go on and face some of the greats at super flyweight. And, of course, we have a really good division. Ioka's got superior experience. Ioka has more rounds in the books significantly. So I suspect that Ioka should be more sound. It really is going to depend on Franco, though, if he shows up. Because, like I said, it seems like at times he struggles to show up. I don't know why that is. Most of the bookies have this as a toss-up fight. I would probably share that only because of the fact that Ioka's older. If Ioka wasn't as older as he was, I think Ioka would clearly beat this guy, from my opinion. Remember, Ioka was the one who was able to beat Nietzsche in his most recent fight back in July. That was a huge win. Huge win for him. And I don't know that Anybody can come close to a win of that nature um, at that time when he beat him is what I'm saying. So he's coming off some good steam. Whereas, like I said, Franco seems to just not show the heck up, and I don't know why. So he fought uh, Andrew Maloney twice. The first was no contest on that one. He got his revenge, got the win very recently. But Franco's been out since 2021. So that concerns me. Now, Franco... Of course, he was able to eventually topple Maloney and Maloney in the trilogy, right? But I'm still concerned at, for whatever reason, he just didn't freaking show up. And I can't stress it enough that I'm a fan. It just, for whatever reason, he's not all there sometimes. And I don't know if it's his corner. I don't know if it's uh, his regimen or what stress and personal, whatever. Something's happening where he doesn't seem to be able to pull it out when it really matters. So I do see it as a 50-50 fight only because... For whatever reason, Franco doesn't show up. And then with Ioka, he's a little bit older. He has great wins, but he's a little bit older. We got to account for that, for whatever that's going to mean. That's, again, all we got. And, again, that's not this weekend. That's next weekend on the 31st out in Tokyo, Japan. I don't show that it's televised for whatever reason. That's a little depressing. But that's all I got that I'm showing. There's likely some obscure fight somewhere that's either not televised or if it is, it's like a late announce or something. I don't see anything, so if I miss something, I apologize. Feel free to let me know at combattalkradio.net and hit the combat contact form and let me know if there is something that I didn't catch. But I was actively looking for fights, and I wasn't able to see anything, so I figured I would talk about that one. After that one, we got another lull, and then in January, we hit the ground running January 7th. We get the return of Javante Tank Davis. He's fighting Hector Luis Garcia. This is his tune-up fight prior to allegedly fighting Crying, a Ryan, but Crying is really his name. Crying Garcia, allegedly. Garcia, as in Ryan, refused to take a tune-up fight, says he's waiting for Davis. Davis says he's, that's a bad decision. Garcia, as in Hector Luis Garcia, is undefeated and should not be overlooked, but 
people most expect. And my prediction on that one is that Garcia is going to outbox Tank for at least the first six, and Tank's going to eventually catch him, make it a mistake, and knock him out or stop him sometime within 10. Then that same weekend, we get the return of Jerron Boots Ennis. He's fighting Chikazian. And this was a fight nobody really asked for. The problem is that Terrence Crawford, you know, first he ducked Daryl Spence. Then he said there was no names presented other than David Avenesian. Of course, Boots would come out and say, hey, I'm ranked higher than Avenesian. There's no way that my name didn't come up. Ultimately, Crawford ducked Boots Ennis as well. It's not surprising. It's just disappointing. Same weekend, the return, finally, of Demetrius Dudu Andrade. I know they call him Boo Boo Andrade. It's really Dudu Andrade because of whatever it is. He's fighting a soft touch on the way back while continuing to say he's being ducked. Then we've got Rashidi Ellis making his return, same weekend again, in a decent stay-busy fight. And then we got a little bit of women's action following. So January 7th is going to be a stacked card. I think most of the fights are pretty much done deal for the remainder of 2022, ladies and gentlemen. So we'll check back in for the next weekend, and we'll do another coverage on that fight for Ioka and Franco just to round it out and see if there's anything else that showed up on the books. But that's what we got for this weekend, as in next weekend. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Combat Talk Radio, Masterpiece Boxing, found at combattalkradio.net. I want to thank you for listening today, whether you are a subscriber or not. I know you have choices, and I appreciate you for being here Just to remind those that are new to the show, Combat Talk Radio records every Friday, so once a week in the Pacific time zone. And then Lifeblood of Boxing series, which is our coverage of the boxers I think are worth your time and give to the sport. That's once per month. It does not have a fixed schedule, but once a month I'll have a release until I run out of ones that I think are worth covering for Lifeblood of Boxing. So those are our two programs. It is podcast only at this point. We want to hear from you. So combattalkradio.net at the bottom. Hit comments, feedback. Let us know how we're doing. If there's anything that you'd like to see us adjust or improve, we want to hear from you, and we are open to that feedback. We also are open to starting up the YouTube again, but it seemed like that died off when Lomachenko took a loss, and we don't know why. So if somebody knows why or they'd like to hear the YouTube coverage, let us know that as well in the comments, and we are open to doing it. We just need to make sure the fans are there. Right now they're on the podcast not on the YouTube for whatever reason specific. We're open either way. Anyhow, that'll do it, and I will see you guys next week.